Thank you for listening to Stroke Busters, a podcast presented by the Institute for Stroke and Cerebrovascular Disease at UT Health Houston. The purpose of this podcast is to bring you the latest news and discussion in stroke care, research, community, and academia. I'm Amy Quinn, Communications Director for the Stroke Institute. May is Stroke Awareness Month, and we're excited to bring you a weekly series focusing on careers in stroke. Usually during this month, health professionals urgently are trying to get the message across to the public how to recognize the signs of a stroke, to act fast, and why to act fast. Because time is brain, as they say. From the moment a person starts to experience stroke symptoms, the clock starts ticking. Every minute that passes can make a difference in how well their brain, arms, legs, speech, or thinking ability recovers. Our guest today, Kenny Fan, is a CT technologist for the UT Health Houston Mobile Stroke Unit. This mobile stroke unit was the first in the nation in 2014. For those who are unaware, on board the MSU, which is an ambulance, is a CT scanner that allows a mobile stroke unit team member to quickly assess whether a patient is having a stroke caused by a blood clot, and if so, the clot buster TPA can be administered. The stroke unit runs in conjunction with local emergency services and fire departments. Recent studies have shown that MSUs save lives and assist in stroke recovery, being able to administer life-saving medicine within minutes of the onset of stroke opposed to maybe almost an hour or more once the patient gets to the emergency room is vital to recovery. For more information on these studies in MSU units across the globe, visit our website. The link is in the description of this episode. Getting a chance to talk to Kenny who rides with the MSU unit hearing about his firsthand experiences was a testament to science, innovation, and public health initiatives. So we hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Take a listen. All right, Kenny, thank you for joining us today. It's exciting to have an MSU team member on the podcast. We've been wanting to get somebody on for a while, so I appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Great. So let's just get started. Uh, give us a little background on you. How did you come to be on the MSU team? Uh, so I started off in radiology school um, to become an x-ray tech. Uh, I enjoyed uh, working with the large equipment, um, being able to take pictures. Um, but shortly after that, I went into CT school and I transferred over to a very busy um very, very busy, high-volume hospital, and everything just started becoming kind of routine. Um, over at that hospital, I had a few colleagues that were also employed by the MSU uh, for part-time only. And about five years later, uh, they informed me there was a full-time position open with the MSU, and I, of course, I applied right away. Uh, my colleagues gave me a glowing recommendation, and before I know it, I was sitting in front of Dr. Grada having an interview. <clears throat> and I remember that day, uh, he sat me down and he, he told me that uh, he, wants, he wanted me to understand that I was leaving a full-time position for another full-time position. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, that's understandable. And he's also mentioned that this was a research project at the time. And because it's a research project and because it was going on for five years, there's a kind of a conclusion date of about a year and a half. I'm like, okay, conclusion date, what does that mean? And he's like, well, after a year and a half, um, 
you might, I can't promise you employment after a year and a half. And I remember sitting in his office, there was a brief moment of silence, and I'm thinking to myself, that's why my colleague didn't apply for the full-time position. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Um, one and a half years, I get to learn and do a lot of things I've never done before. So, uh, looking back on it now, it's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. How long have you been on the MSU team so far? I've uh, been on the MSU going on to four years now, uh, in July, four years in July. Okay. So you went past your year and a half. That's great. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So explain briefly, just for those who may not know, how does the CT scan show signs of a stroke? What what exactly are you doing uh, as part of the MSU team? So um, there are two different types of strokes. There's a hemorrhagic stroke and a schema stroke, which is like a blockage within the artery. Um, CT scans, there are three major exams that can be done on the CT that better defines the stroke. So um, in order to understand what's going on, I guess, um, let me explain what we see first, okay? Um, everybody's seen, like, the little cartoon sticker of, like, the little skeleton uh, during Halloween, right? So sure. usually a back, uh, black background and a white skeleton. Um, so the reason why the background is that way, is black that way, is because uh, we have a source of radiation, uh, x-rays. It's going to be transmitted through the patient onto a set of de uh, detectors. So as the x-ray goes through the air, it doesn't hit anything, and it attaches itself to the detectors, it shows up black. Now, if the x-rays are stopped by something as dense as bone, it'll show up as white. Mm -hmm. So uh, in our CT, uh, we see both white and black ends. So that's the two... I guess extremes, and then our brain is comprised of water mostly, so that's going to be gray in the middle. Um, so when we do the CT, we're looking for blood in the brain so we can identify what type of stroke it is, and the reason why blood shows up as white is because blood is much more dense than water, and as it pulls in one spot, it becomes more and more dense. So when the x-ray hits that uh, area of blood, it'll show up white on our CT. Um, if there is no blood, uh, we perform an exam called a CTA, which we inject contrast into the arteries, and we could follow um, the brightness of the contrast through the vessels until it abruptly stops, so we know exactly where that clot is at. Mm -hmm. And the last and final one is a, called a perfusion scan. Um, it's actually not a very common scan. Um, not a lot of hospital has perfusion capabilities, but what a perfusion does, it, it tells us um, which part of the brain is still salvageable from TPA treatment. Excellent. So these scans are typically done in the hospital when someone arrives off the ambulance. They've had a stroke, you know, someone calls 911, ambulance comes and gets them, they arrive at the hospital. Uh, Y'all perform these scans so the doctors know, you know, A, what kind of stroke it is and, you know, what they're dealing with. You know, on, on average, what would you say, how long does that process take? On average, from the 911 call to the actual treatment of TPA, 
Um, it's about an hour to an hour and a half. Um, once the, you know, take about 10 to 15 minutes for the ambulance to arrive on scene, and then they'll take another 10 to 15 minutes to assess the patient, load the patient, and then drive to a comprehensive stroke center. Uh, that takes another 15 to 20 minutes. And when they hit the door of the ER, you have to register. The ER doc has to examine the patient. The ER doc then call the code stroke. And then the um, stroke fellows and the neurologist comes and reassess the patient or the CT scan. And so all that time really adds up to about an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, there's a lot of steps there. So you and the MSU team are cutting these times in half, sometimes more than that. So walk me through when you get the call to, you know, someone has a stroke at home or work and, and y'all get called and y'all arrive on the scene. So when we arrive on scene, so that, that's generally going to be like the 10, 15 minute area. We assess the patient right away and then we put them into our the back of our ambulance and we scan them right away. So that takes about five, a little bit less than 10 minutes right there. And then yeah, we send so, the image to our doctor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I'll interrupt just again, you know, I just want to fill in some gaps just in case um, anybody's un unaware. The MSU bus, this ambulance, there's a CT scanner on board. Yeah, so that's the major difference between our um, ambulance and theirs. Uh, they look exactly the same on the outside. They drive the same, uh, except that we have a fairly large uh, CT scanner in the back. Um, we throw the patient on. We, it takes about two minutes to get a complete head scan. Uh, after two minutes, the doctor reviews the images for two minutes, and he can make a decision to treat the patient right away with TPA or not. So we save on the transport time, registration time. Um, the other doctors are reevaluating time. So we saved about 45 minutes uh, less than what it would have been normally. Yeah, and as everyone knows by now, you know, time is brain. Those minutes and seconds could determine loss of speech, cognitive ability, so yeah, much. So the time is brain is, is really, really important. Um, TPA has a time frame of four and a half windows um, from the onset of symptoms. So if we delay too long, even if the patient got to the hospital, the doctors are pretty reluctant to give TPA after four and a half uh, hours. Um, that's because approximately two million brain cells die every minute uh, until blood flow is restored. And because TPA is a blood thinner, it um, has an inherent I guess, risk factor of 3 to 5% of bleeds. But after four and a half hours, we, I guess we kind of discovered that there's not many, there's not much of brain tissues left to save. Therefore, the risk versus benefit um, just cancels out TPA. Gotcha. So who else rides on the MSU with you? Is there a neurologist on board or do you do telemedicine? Who, who else is with you? Uh, so, who's writing with us? We have, uh, of course, the CT technologist. We have a very, very dedicated and stroke-knowledgeable nurse. Uh, in fact, we have a nurse named Patty. She's she's worked with Dr. Grodd in the past. She was the original TPA nurse um, back in the TPA trials. So, she, she knows almost everything about 
about strokes. Um, then we have our very dedicated doctors. We have Dr. Grada, Dr. Bowery, and Dr. Zapp. Um, they oftentimes would ride with us, and they'll also cover telemedicine as well. If they choose to ride with us, then we, we travel with one medic, and they're on telemedicine, then we have two HFD medics with us. That's amazing. So right now in the city of Houston, there's one MSU unit and it's UT Health Houston's, correct? Yes. So obviously the goal is to have more of these units in more cities, in more states, you know, across the country. I know there's cities across America and globally that are, are starting to pick up on uh, the benefit of these units. Um, how busy are y'all? How how many strokes do you see on a, I don't let's say a weekly basis? On a weekly, it's really hard to say. It depends on, um, really depends week by week. Uh, we've been as busy as four to five patients a day to sometimes we go on a dry spell and we wouldn't have the patients for two to three days. Um, because because of that four and a half hour window for TPA, a lot of stroke patients, um, we just don't get there in time within that four and a half windows. So even though there's a lot of stroke going on out there, uh, I think there's a lot of public education that needs to be done uh, to just call 911 right away and send us out there so we can help. Um, a lot of times patients will wait or nap it off and see how they're doing in like a few hours. And that really makes a big impact on their stroke uh, recovery. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, we're doing this episode for Stroke Awareness Month and that's part of the message that gets pushed every month is, you know, to act fast. Like, don't think you're being silly or blow it off. Just go ahead and call. Have somebody oh, come yeah. out and, and evaluate you. Absolutely. Um. So our our MSU has been running for about eight years now. We were the first in the country. Uh, currently, we are. There are twenty MSU uh, within the country, within the United States. Other than the CT scanner that we have, we also carried a lot of reversal agents. So, a, a major counterindication to TPA would be um, other blood thinners such as uh, warfarin, uh, Coumadin, Eliquis, and Prodaxa. And we currently carry Praxbine and Kcentra to reverse those. Um, normal ambulance won't have these medication on board. Therefore, having the MSU to come out to assess the patient really brings the, um, I guess, the quality and the treatment level up to a different level, different standard. In this targeted approach to stroke, in real time, in the moment, Right after it's happened, I mean, we've we've seen the research, we've seen the 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 studies, the papers come out that it is beneficial. It's working. It's saving lives. It's saving you know rehab times and beyond. And we're discovering that it's um, economically beneficial. You know, yes, which is amazing. Yes, um, my director, Stephanie Parker, has been working tirelessly to get that done. 
Um, she's been working with uh, medical coding, billing, with uh, Medicare to make sure this unit stays afloat, make sure that I, I surpass that 1.5 year term limit. Um, <laughs> so she's been amazing, just an amazing director. She's also a nurse on the MSU as well. So she does everything there. Yeah, and it's a unique opportunity for CT technicians to get out of hospitals and, and out of offices and um, interact with patients in a unique yes. way as well. Absolutely. Our, our CT techs love CMSU. We, I, any day that I went off, I, I almost get it immediately covered by them. They, they seek out days to take over. That's great to have a whole team that's excited day in and day out for what they get to do. So in closing, how do you see MSUs evolving as far as technologies, more buses and more cities? Um, so we've, so the MSU has grown to over 20 uh, MSUs all over the nation. Um, so I, I mentioned before that the, uh, there's two types of strokes. Um, one's a block and one's a bleed. Currently, there are no treatments for bleeds. They are just, um, they're just kind of like blood pressure management. And then the, the patient kind of recovers on their own kind of thing. Um, but we are actively working in some really promising research on changing that. Um, we also, I think Dr. Bowery just recently published a new paper on um, blood clotting factors and and um, with the help of the TIG 6S we could further identify um, the other blood thinners and TPA's interaction so we'll be able to really narrow down that four and a half hour window and when is it acceptable to treat TPA with a blood thinner so that's really really promising really really exciting uh, so, yeah, we, we are constantly looking for ways to, I guess, change the standard of care for strokes. And that's always really, really exciting to be a part of. Real quick, are you able to discuss with the patients or family and, you know, to hear their surprise or um, just their confirmation of that they were glad that they called and that, Y'all arrived. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's got to be very rewarding. Oh, it's very rewarding. In fact, I remember one patient uh, vividly. I think this was earlier in my earlier years working on the MSU. We uh, this was pre-COVID, so family members were still able to travel with us. Um, this patient had severe, severe left side weakness. They had a severe gaze preference. They were looking away. Uh, to to their right side, and they wouldn't turn their head past uh, past twelve o'clock. Basically, um, you know, they they couldn't speak. Everything was a real serious stroke. Um, but they called within the first hour, and we were there within fifteen minutes. Treated them within the within twenty twenty five minutes, and and you know we were transporting to the hospital, and the, the family member sitting on my side. The patient is staring off into space on the other side and then he slowly like raised his hand up and he slowly like turned his head all the way around looked at his hand looked at his family member and was like oh my god i'm okay you know oh my and god 
they're they're able to speak to them, and it, you could just hear, you could just see the reaction on the family member, like, oh my god, he's he's going to be okay. So I mean, just those kind of interactions is so gratifying, so fulfilling, and um, it's just an amazing experience to be on the MSU. Uh, That's incredible because I can imagine doing CT work normally. You, you know, intake the patient, do the scan, and then they're gone. Then they're gone. You're right, right, right. It becomes really extremely routine. Like, we, we see patients in and out, and uh, we don't really know what happens to them afterwards. Um, so this is a definitely a fresh, like, new outtake on uh, being part of a team that really, really requires your utmost attention to. That's incredible. And, so, and the MSU runs 24-7, correct? Uh, as of now, we run from just six uh no i'm sorry from eight from eight o'clock to six o'clock so those are the targeted strip times um we have uh dr grada has done the research where eight o'clock to six o'clock is primarily when uh the most stroke occurs and any strokes overnight it's going to be outside of the four and a half windows four and a half hour window interesting so there's statistics on the time of day Yes, yes. So a lot of times when patients wake up really early in the morning, most of the time um, they probably have to stroke like three, four o'clock in the morning and they're way beyond the four and a half hour window. So we start our day uh, during the busiest and most stressful time, you know, traffic in Houston. Uh, and, and we close it in at the end of the day where, again, most people are getting off of work and they're really stressed, you know, high blood pressure. And we're able to help that uh, bigger part of the uh, the population. Uh, we're looking to to extend our hours, um, but further research is being done on that. All right. Well, Kenny, is there anything else that you can think of that you would like to highlight or talk about uh, your career, your job, your team? Um, my team, uh, honestly, is one of the best teams I've ever worked with. We, uh, from my previous job to this one, it's really been night and day. I, I get to interact with patients at a much closer level. Um, my team, every, every patient we transported, we do a 24-hour follow-up. So I get to see how they're doing in 24 hours. And then we also do a three-month, six-month, and nine-month follow-up hmm. to see how they're going and how they're doing and, and how their, their therapy is going and stuff like that. So I get to be a part of that. And... That's absolutely rewarding. Um, I think that's also why my CT techs are also very, uh, they, they really enjoy the mobile stroke unit. Um, all the medics that, that sign up to work with us, they, they are very passionate about working with the mobile stroke unit um, compared to their jobs. Because their, job, their job is also very busy. You know, the whole entire city of Houston's, they're always on. They're always running. They're always taking patients back and forth from hospitals. Um, so when they're here, they, they get that they get that deeper connection with the patient. And I think that's that's why we, we have such a great team. That's so great. Well, Kenny, I applaud you and your team and the work that y'all do and hopefully the work that y'all continue to do. And I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for listening to Stroke Busters, especially this mini-series on careers and stroke. We hope that you share this episode with friends, family, anybody who's interested in the medical field, working alongside heroes every day that are saving lives. As always, ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and are not a substitute for expert medical advice. Always contact your doctor before starting any program or therapy to make sure you are getting the best care tailored to your unique situation. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UT HealthStroke to stay updated on upcoming episodes. And again, share with colleagues, friends, and family. And don't forget to visit our website for more information, uth.edu forward slash stroke hyphen institute. Until next time, take care of yourself and others.